already amongst us this morning. His presence is here. I believe his presence is here to heal. Um, I, that, that's my message today. I've got a message on healing. And, uh, and I just feel like the Holy Spirit is already here just waiting. And so I, I just want to encourage you. If you've been believing God for something in your body, um, in your family, family members, people around you, um, but specifically here, we're going to pray at the, at the end or towards the end of my message or maybe even just halfway through my message. We're going to pray for people. But open your heart, be believing, because I really believe God is here already to do something. Uh, amen. Take your seats. Uh, take your seats. Well, we are better together, so that is my intention. You know, our theme has been this year, Better Together, and, but my intention is to actually to practice a bit of that this morning. And we're actually going to pray for each other and and I I don't want you to freak out at that I'm going to try and make this uh as as normal as it can be uh but um you know God's spirit rests upon each one of us you know if you're a believer then he's empowered you with his spirit and we're going to practice a little bit of that this morning we've been tracking through Mark uh I've done series on Mark before, the Gospel of Mark, this, this sort of biography of Jesus' life. And, uh, uh, but this series has been a little bit different because I've normally planned them. This series has sprung out of me just sort of returning from an extended uh, break and feeling really fresh. And uh, every week in my journaling, I'm just seeing stuff in the book of Mark that's like, I've got to share this. I'm not looking for sermons. I'm not looking for messages. Uh, it's just coming so alive to me that I'm like I've, I've just got to preach this while it's fresh so this isn't even a planned series this is like going week to week it's like I wonder what I'm going to see this week and um, and every week uh, you know there's just something that I really believe is is God's heart for us as a group of people uh, in this place so we're going to continue with that uh, before I begin though uh, I'm going to tell you a story it's a really good story uh, even though it doesn't start good but I'm going to I'm going to Tell half of it at the beginning of this and then half of it a little bit later. Um, but uh, I just want to reassure you, it's a really good story. Uh, for many years, I've suffered with hearing loss. Uh, that began as, a, I guess, the damage, I think, probably started when I was 15, started an apprenticeship in the motor trade. And, uh, and hearing protection, WHS stuff, just wasn't what it is now. Uh, it was almost like the uncool people wore earmuffs. The tough ones just hammered the piece of metal without them, uh, which is really dumb, really, really dumb. But that was sort of, you know, the, 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 the whole WH&S thing was just not as much of a thing. And uh, I'd watched my own father, who'd been a boilermaker by trade. I'd watched him suffer, uh, you know, with deafness towards the end of his life and as he got later, later in life. And to me, it just felt like this massive injustice that I was suffering it early. I started to notice it probably in my early 40s and uh, to the point where... Uh, you know, the last couple of years I've been saying to Sue, I am, my hearing had tapered off so badly that I was worried that uh, I just wouldn't be able to continue at some point. I was just going to go deaf and not be able to continue preaching or ministering or whatever. And, um, and when I noticed it most was in a crowded room, like the foyer of the church was a nightmare to me. And I know for some of you it is. Uh, so get faith now for your hearing. Come on. 
but I know it was such a it was such a nightmare to me. I would talk to people and smile and nod a lot, but often I was only hearing every third word because that is the, the sort of the issue with industrial deafness is that when there's background noise, you can't hear anything. Uh, and then you can ask Sue. I drive her nuts. She was at the point where when I turned the TV on at night, she would just go to the bedroom and put put headphones on and listen to music or watch Netflix because I had to have the TV so high. I had like on 37 um, to be able to hear words clearly. Uh, Now, I know that doesn't sound like a good story. The good story is that it seems like my hearing right now is absolutely perfect. I'm watching the television sometimes on seven (laughs) and I'm talking to people in crowds and hearing every word. Uh, You know, as as you would expect, it depends on the noise level. I mean, sometimes you're yelling just to hear anything, depends on how loud it is, but certainly like in the foyer the last few weeks, hearing things has not been an issue to me. So that is fantastic. Um, and that is without an ear implant. That is without medical intervention, as wonderful as those things are. Now, who loves doctors? God gives us doctors to look after us. So I love that. But I also love it when God does something supernatural and when God surprises you. Uh, I'm no stranger to healing. It's not the first time, but I'd have to say it's maybe the first time in a long time since I received something so unexpectedly and so dramatic. Uh, as far as a divine a touch, a touch of God that brought healing to my life. And this only happened a few weeks ago when I was down at Hillsong Conference. So before I get on to the, the, the end of that story and I talk about that moment, um, I want to tell you another story. This one's out of the Gospel of Mark. And, um, and we've, I've been trying to really, I guess in Mark, it's just all been about Jesus and I love it. That's why I love Mark. You know, Mark is, the, is maybe the source gospel for Luke and Matthew. And uh, Mark is the most compressed. Mark is written to Gentiles. It's, it's, it doesn't have all the trimmings and the clutter that, uh, that maybe Matthew does, explaining stuff, explaining the customs of the Jews because it's written from that Jewish perspective. And Mark is just like a stripped down, bare bones. Here's Jesus at his most awesome. And that's why I love Mark and you should love it. And of course, you're all journaling so you would be getting locks out of the Bible too. Wouldn't you? You wouldn't be that person that your life group leader is hounding to even read their Bible and consider what Jesus is saying to you so important that you would even go to the trouble of writing it down. You're not that person, are you? There's no one here like that, is there? Life group leaders love me right now. They've all got faces in their heads. Um, But hey, come on, the word of God is rich and alive and it releases faith for us to receive the miraculous. Um, And so here we are in Mark and it's a story about Jesus. When they came, it's Mark chapter 9, verse 14 through 19. And when they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. And as soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. And he said, what are you arguing with them about? He asked. Uh, A man from the crowd or in the crowd answered, teacher, I brought my son who's possessed by a spirit that had robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him on the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. 
And I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. And then Jesus' answer, his reply to me, is, is really out of step with the rest of the story. Knowing Jesus is the healer, knowing Jesus has compassion, knowing all of that, Jesus' whole attention isn't on the boy. It's not on the need, which is unusual. It's on his disciples. And he says, you unbelieving generation. And I figure the father's still standing there. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. And it's like, man, if, if you never wanted to get both barrels from Jesus, you just, you, well, you just got it. If you ever wondered what it looked like. And, uh, and this isn't necessarily... To the religious leaders, I don't believe, even though they were there, they were arguing with his disciples. The disciples were trying to do the ministry. The issue was an issue of faith. And so both barrels, are for a change, they're not aimed at the religious leaders where Jesus normally focused his attention. They were right at the disciples. You unbelieving generation. And then he uses language that any parent would recognise. Yeah. Yeah, right. How long will I put up with you? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, parents. That's parental language, if ever you've heard it. It's strong language. It's frustrated language. And I wonder whether it could be that Jesus was so frustrated with them because he'd given them authority to do this. Yeah. Yet they were still falling back on him as their safety net. He said, you go do it. He'd already commissioned them. The book of Mark talks about that. We'll go there first before I get too far down the track. Mark 6. So previous to this, he, sent them, he called the 12 to himself and began to send them out two by two and gave them power. It says here, over unclean spirits. And that is what this father believes his child has. And Jesus has already said, I've given you authority. Go and do it. So this is Jesus' reaction. It's like, hang on a sec. Why would you, why would you not take this forward? And why do I find these needs laid at my feet when I said you have authority to take this forward? Uh, Matthew's got a, a similar passage, a parallel passage, and Matthew extrapolates it a bit as he tends to do. Matthew 10, 7 to 8 says, And as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. This was Jesus' message. You have authority to do this. What I love about this passage, he says, here's the proclamation. The kingdom of heaven is near. Not necessarily the kingdom of God. Remember, Jesus used to talk about the kingdom of God. And some people say, well, it's just, you know, it's just the same thing. They're two different words for the same thing. But in my reading of scripture, I look at the kingdom of God. It seems to be Jesus is talking. When he talks about the kingdom of God, it is the reign within. The kingdom of God is not here and it's not there. It's not over here or over there. It's within you. 
When he talks about heaven, you need to understand from a Jewish perspective, a rabbinical perspective, a different view of heaven. Christians tend to think of heaven through the eyes of Renaissance art, through the eyes of Michelangelo and, and people floating on clouds with harps and wings. Somewhere else. But in the Jewish perspective, it was that place where the reign of God was, where we experience what God wants us to experience all around us. The shalom peace, peace and well-being, where there is no suffering, where there is no brokenness, where all things are restored the way God wanted them to be in the garden. And Jesus said, this is what will bring heaven into people's lives when the ills of this earth are cured and healed and they see a demonstration of God's power. Proclaim the kingdom of heaven, heal the sick, cast out devils or whatever is afflicting people. Move in this power, move in this authority that I've given you. And, and yet we tend to be a bit reticent to that. Often we argue whether this is us. This is the early disciples Jesus delegated authority to. And here they are, they'd already seen amazing things, but somehow... They pull back a little bit earlier in Mark. It says they returned to him after Mark 6. They returned back to him and they were so excited telling him all the things that they had taught and done. They'd already seen amazing things. And somehow they'd hit a stumbling block and they'd pulled back. And I wonder whether that isn't often us. Wow. We get all pumped up and we get all excited. We see God do great things. Maybe early in your journey. You might still be early in your journey. So if you are, I thank God for all the new Christians in the church. Don't, don't let your heart grow cold. Don't let disappointment derail you. Don't let frustration make you find an easier, lower pathway. Come on. Determine to take the high road. And be all that God has called you to be. Do all that he's told you you have authority to do. Somehow they had pulled back and I think that we can. We've, we've all experienced, we know what this is like. We know the frustration that Jesus had. We know the frustration of knowing that someone is perfectly capable but refuses to go forward. Some of us would know that from the workplace. Some of you, you're employers or you work in a particular area and you've got co-workers and you know they could do this and they don't and it's frustrating. Parents, you set your kids up to do things and you expect them to do things and they don't follow through and they're quite capable and it's frustrating, isn't it? And we've also all been on the other end of that where it's been us. And sometimes it's, you recognise when, when you've got to rise to something that's expected of you and it's out there and, and the potential for failure is there. Come on, isn't the potential for failure there? Every time you pray for someone, the potential for nothing to happen is there. Yeah. But isn't that what makes it faith? Yeah. Come on. If it happened every time. It would remove all doubt and it would remove the need for faith, to move in faith at all. And so we all know what it's like. And sometimes, just like with our kids, I don't think like with our kids, it's, it's not always that, that they're disobedient. Yeah. 
Sometimes they just lack confidence. They are capable. They could play on that team. They, they could learn that instrument. They could, they could do this. They could do that. Their lives, they could clean their room. You know perfectly well. <laughs> I don't know whether there's any confidence needed for cleaning your room. But, you know, sometimes we just pull back. We've all been there where we pull back through lack of confidence, even though in our heart of hearts we know we're capable. We could. And, and, and understanding... Our capability knows on whom we've anchored our trust. So how do we get there? How do we get there? I think, in all honesty, um, I, I do think sometimes we pull back just because we've been disappointed. But Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you, you just can't get around it. Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive power. And we see in these guys, they've, they had received that, they have pulled back. And, and I wonder how often we miss seeing the miraculous because we've pulled back. And I, and I want to throw out a few reasons why I think we do. Jesus didn't say just pray for the sick in Matthew. He said heal the sick. I think that's one of the ways we pull back subtly. I'm happy to pray for the sick. Would I ever own having to heal the sick? And there's a subtle shift in faith. And all of a sudden, I'm, I roll my responsibility back to Jesus. I'll pray for the sick. And, you know, whether God shows up or not, that's his business is a subtle way that we sometimes roll our responsibility away. And I, I think sometimes when we roll our responsibility away, we inadvertently roll our authority away yeah. as well. If we feel we have to acknowledge that we can't. You know, we've all heard it. I have no power to heal the sick. We feel like we need to explain it, like, don't look at me. Well, it's okay. You're not that good looking. But when we say, I have no power to heal the sick, it sounds spiritual, but it's wrong. Because you've been given authority to heal the sick. If we feel tempted to acknowledge, oh, it's all him. Oh, that, I hate that false humility. I hate it. Oh, it's all him. It's just all him. If you were humble, you wouldn't feel the need to say it. It's a false humility. And the fact is, it's wrong. It's not all him. It isn't all him. He can't do it if you don't do your bit. He wants to do it, but he can't do it unless we move. So we are moving in delegated authority. Of course it's not our power. We don't need to tell people that. We don't need to subtly roll our responsibility off and therefore inadvertently roll our authority away too. Another thing that we attempted to say we abdicate our authority when we look for Jesus to do it. Jesus touched them. What a, what a beautiful, humble prayer. Jesus touched them. 
He said, you lay hands on them. I hope you're as convicted as I am. I mean, I'm freshly convicted about this stuff. He says, you do it. Oh, Jesus touched them. Don't pray Jesus touched them. Jesus has touched you. So that you would touch them. And I'm not sure how all this translates, except that we need to somehow embrace the authority we've been given and be confident in the God who gives it and be confident in the power of the Holy Spirit who resides within us and lay hands on people and heal them in Jesus' name. And declare that the kingdom is here. Freedom is here. Life is here. Healing is here. Everything that Jesus came and laid his life down for us to experience. Yeah, come on. Is here. And so I'm going to ask the worship team if they'd come back this morning. And uh, as they do, I'm going to finish my conference story. So we're in the conference. And, uh, and this guy's preaching. And, and I guess this sermon came out of one thing he said, which was, he's given you authority to do it. And for him, it was a throwaway line. For me, it was the whole message. And, um, and then he said, what we're going to do, he said, in a few moments' time, I'm going, to, I'm going to get you to stand up if you have an ailment of some kind that you would appreciate prayer for, that you want to be free of. Um, actually, can I make the delineation there too? It wasn't as flippant as that you would appreciate prayer for. It was if you want to be free of this thing, stand up. Come on, come on. Anyhow, he said, I'm going to do that. And then, um, you know, we're in a conference with 28,000 people. So he obviously wasn't going to have an altar call. Uh, and he said, but, you know, this is a body thing. We have been anointed. We, he didn't say it this way, but I'll say it this way. We are better together anyway. And so he said, I'm going to ask you to just stand right where you are and people around you. If, you know, you lay hands on them in faith and heal them in Jesus' name. Like wow, and you know, I was like, this is going to all be interesting. And then I realised, I thought, I think he's going to call out deafness. And the first thing he called out was deafness. And before I even stood, and I stood straight up, but as I was on my way up, I knew I was going to be healed. And then just a few people out around me just put their hands on me. And by the end of, you know, as they got towards the end of their prayer, I could hear people coughing five rows down. This is in a stadium of 28,000 people praying. I can hear people coughing five or six rows away and someone up there, a creak on the stairs behind me. And it was like, this is stuff that has just disappeared from my range of hearing long ago. Uh, And I've been enjoying that healing ever since. And I believe God wants to heal, heal deterioration of the spine here today and if you're here and you suffer with that then in a moment I'm going to ask you to stand I believe he wants to heal sporting injuries I do believe he wants to heal emotional issues particularly he wants to touch people in the area of anxiety and and look there might be some things that you need to change or I'm not saying it's a cure all end all because if you don't remove yourself from some situations if you don't stop doing some of the things you're doing that anxiety is going to come back but I think Jesus could actually break a chain here this morning in that area 
Um, I believe just for any range of physical healing that if you just know in my body I have cried out to God for this I've wanted to be free from this then here is an opportunity today why don't you stand to your feet just right where you are and I'm going to ask people to gather around you people that are around you around folk if you've got people standing would you just gather around them lay hands on them come on people if you have to walk around it's not going to be long and listen what we're going to do what we're going to do before we begin praying really simply if you've got something specific and you feel like you can say this don't no stories no backstories you just say i I need my back I, i need my ears i need my eyes i need whatever i need back i need this back i need this knee this cartilage i need god to do something whatever it is uh, if, if you're not, if it's not too embarrassing, you know, if it's something a bit embarrassing, you just say, well, I've just got some internal things that need sorting out, whatever. But, but own that condition. Literally, articulate that condition so that those people can pray specifically for that condition to be healed. And just take a moment and then I'm going to lead us all in prayer as everyone prays. So I'll be praying and you'll be praying all at the same time. Come on, just turn to the people around you. Has everyone got people around them? Make sure everyone's got people around them. We're just going to pray for you. Lay hands on you. Just gently on someone's shoulder. Come on. Okay, let's pray. Let's pray. Start praying for them. Lord, we bring your healing touch through our lives. We lay hands on the sick and we believe for your power to flow into them through us. We heal the sick in Jesus' name. We declare healing. We declare wholeness. We declare wellness in the name of Jesus. We rebuke every condition, everything that just shouldn't be in someone's body. We take authority over it in your wonderful name and we declare the name of Jesus reigns over these conditions. We bring healing in Jesus' name as we lay hands on the sick. Thank you for your power flowing right now in this place. People being healed. Father, people being restored. Minds being renewed. Burdens coming off. Father, knees coming together. Father, skin conditions being healed in Jesus' name. Thank you for backs being straightened and where there's deterioration, restoration coming in Jesus' name. Renewal, muscle conditions in Jesus' name being released. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, keep praying. Keep believing. Release that healing power through your life. Release it. Release it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus, Jesus' wonderful name. Jesus' wonderful name. Thank you, Lord, for your healing touch. Thank you, Lord, for your healing touch. You know, I think the amazing thing is is we don't have to get complicated. You can look at me again. And, you know, Jesus Jesus taught us to pray with the Our Father and in English it takes about 17 seconds if you take your time. He also said that pagans think they get heard by many words. That's not the way we pray. What God hears is faith. 
not many words, not explanations of how his creation works. He, he, he hears faith. He picks up on faith. And uh, as we've laid hands on people, I, I believe we've released faith. Come on, did you release faith while you were praying? Okay, if, if you've got a condition that you've been prayed for and you would know that something shifted, give me a wave if you believe that something shifted. Just, just give time. Okay. Any others? Yep. Hands all over this place. Thank you, Jesus. But thank you. I think God would say thank you for stepping out in what I've given you, for taking responsibility to bear authority on your life, for moving in it. And we're not over yet. Take your seats again real quick. You know, I talked about... um, Jesus wanting to bring heaven. Proclaim that the kingdom of heaven is amongst you. This is the Lord's prayer, that that thy will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. So again, that understanding the rabbinical roots of that, Jesus as a rabbinical teacher, he is just moving in that same thinking. It's not a new thing. That God's will would be done. That's what that what every Hebrew person knew they were looking for. And he gives it to us. He says, come on, believe for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, and that, friends, that is good news. You know what? The good news is not necessarily, well, if you don't know Jesus, you're going to hell. Who's that good news for? For Christians. It identifies you as an insider and puts everyone else on the outside. Jesus said, proclaim that the kingdom of heaven is amongst you and then move in the authority he's given you and bring heaven into people's lives. And so this morning, I want to encourage us, most stronger than that, I want to bless us remind us. I believe that's what the Holy Spirit has wanted to do since probably since I journaled that this week and it just became obvious to me and you can ask Sue, I wrestled with this about whether to do this message and it was just like I think and everything today seems to have lined up. We're we're in God's moment in God's time and I think uh, you know he wants to remind us go and move in this power you've been given use this. Don't abdicate. Don't soften it. Don't don't feel you have to apologize for it or explain it. Just do it. Stop asking Jesus to do things he told us to do. Is that okay? So I I bless you to walk in that authority this morning. I, I bless you all to move in that power today. And uh, and what I want to do, we're going to stand and we're going to worship in a moment. I want us all to bow our heads first, just right where we're sitting. And hey, friend, this has been a different sort of a morning in church, a little bit for us. But if you're here and you've never experienced the power of God in your life, you know, God God just touched people physically in this place and healed bodies. You might be here and going, wow, I've never sort of been a part of anything like this. I tell you, God wants you to be part of it too. 
this isn't this isn't just for the insiders jesus said that the kingdom was for everyone go and proclaim it he wants everyone to enter in and maybe you're here and and that hasn't been your experience but you want it to be then this morning i want to give you the opportunity to respond to god and say god you know literally if you're real that was my first prayer god if you're real (laughs) show up in my life i invited god to and he did I want to give you the opportunity to do that so if you're in this place and you're like man i want to reach out to jesus myself personally you've never done it before maybe you haven't done it for a long time and you've been away from god but but you know it's time to get back just while every head's bowed would you just shoot your hand up right where you're standing go and put it up nice and high till i acknowledge it and then put it down again really quickly just as i look around won't stay here long but i'd be remiss of me as a minister of the gospel not to give you this opportunity to respond to god to open your heart in faith to experience his goodness for yourself so look around fantastic awesome okay we're going to pray this prayer together it's up on the screen until it gets to the screen i'll start it most of us know we pray at every service dear jesus i believe in you Thank you for forgiving me. Come into my life and I'll follow you. And uh, if you, if I didn't see your hand or even if uh, just in your heart you were there but you just couldn't get your hand up, open your heart to Jesus in a simple way like that and you'll be amazed at what he can do. Come on, why don't we stand? We're going to sing a chorus of a song.